Welcome to the Bishop and Vickers. I'm Bishop Tom Daly from the Diocese of Spokane here in eastern Washington. And today is a little unusual. The three vicars are, they tell me about their father's business. That is, they're caring for their flocks and their parishes. Father Connell, the vicar general and rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral. Father Brian Mee, vicar for finance and pastor St. Augustine. And assisting at St. Paschal and St. John Vianney. And Father Pat Kirst, the vicar for priests and the pastor St. Thomas More. So they're caring for their people, God's holy people, in their parishes. And today we have a special guest, um, Charlie Fink. He has written a book, As We Forgive Those, and How to Forgive Others, Ourselves, and God. So Charlie, welcome uh, to the Bishop and Vickers. And it's a great privilege. I know we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And um, before we begin this radio show, for those of you who will be listening, uh, Charlie will be... Uh, out at St. Mary's Parish in the Valley um, beginning this weekend as a prep for Lent. Uh, so Charlie, tell us something about your appearance at um, uh, at St. Mary's and, and what's going to be happening. Okay, thank you for inviting me to do this. Uh, <clears throat> I've been a marriage and family counselor for 35 years, and I've learned the key to relationships and healing is the ability and willingness to forgive. And to talk about this weekend, it's an opportunity to share with more than a couple or two or three people at a time, the value of that gift of being able to forgive. Mm. It starts Sunday evening. It's the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, the three days before Ash Wednesday. And it starts at uh, 7 in the evening and uh, till 8.30. Mm -hmm. And there'll be a short break in between. And at that time, I'm going to be sharing much of the content of the book, uh, basically what makes forgiving so difficult, and and then the blessings of forgiving, mm -hmm. and then a lot of anecdotal information uh, around it. Um, we're hoping, and with your help, um, that we can fill the church. Mm -hmm. I've done this type of uh, retreat or seminar, if you will, or school um, in several places in town, and it's been received very well. Mm -hmm. And I did a short uh, weekend up in Chuila with Father Jeff Lewis, and when I saw that he had come down to St. Mary's, I contacted him several months ago and said, would you like to do this down here? And he said, yes. And the dates were perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, the three days before Lent were was just ideal. So um, we're very much looking forward to it, very much. Just, uh, again, we're beginning our radio uh, show, and um, I would encourage uh, our lay faithful who happen to be uh, in the area of uh, metropolitan Spokane. If you're looking for a way to enter into the season of Lent, this might be one of the most important mini retreats. Uh, I'm conscious of the fact that with raising families and work, it's often difficult to uh, be away from your home. I strongly encourage, if you remember a few weeks ago, we had uh, John Deacon John from Macleheart Retreat Center talking about the value of retreat, and I would encourage you. But for those maybe who cannot do that, uh, this is a great way to enter into the grace-filled six weeks of Lent, and it's here in 
the Spokane area at St. Mary's. So again, uh, it's, I'm sure it's on the website, but as Charlie said, it begins Sunday at 7 p.m. and will conclude on Tuesday, right before Ash Wednesday. Charlie, tell us about your background. How did you uh, get into this work, uh, the decision to write a book? Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. It's interesting, I say, <clears throat> when I'm asked that question, my lifestyle, uh, my career prior to being a marriage and family counselor was a B-52 pilot out here at Fairchild Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And I kid people and say it was just a natural progression to go from flying a B-52 loaded with nuclear weapons to being a marriage and family counselor. And hmm. people look at me rather cross-eyed. Mm -hmm. um, as a boy, I, I very much always wanted to be a pilot, and I was blessed with the ability to do that. And then I was down at uh, Moody Air Force Base, Base in Georgia as an airfield manager. And my life was changing. I was attending church regularly. And to make a relatively long story short, um, I believe the Lord led me out of the military and went back to school and, and uh, pursued a two-year degree in marriage and family counseling. And I've been doing it for 35 years mm -hmm. now. And um, I've asked, people have asked me, well, do you still fly? And I bought a small plane years ago mm -hmm. and fly periodically, a little amphibious plane. And I love it. I still I miss it. But one of the things I share in my teachings is uh, about identity, and it's another whole subject. Mm -hmm. And most people really don't have a clue who they are. They believe what they do is who they are. And I never really understood my identity. I thought being a pilot was my identity. And as much as I missed it and could have been making a whole lot more money flying commercially, the reward that comes from counseling is... Mm -hmm is just what what i do in the counseling process is from my mentor and the person who taught me a man named john sanford um, we're evangelizing hearts of believers i'm not very good when it comes to reaching out to unbelievers it's not mm -hmm. my gift but evangelizing hearts of believers and so over the 35 years recognize that um, forgiving is the key mm -hmm. how um just have you noticed in those 35 years, I know we're going to talk about the book and forgiveness, um, but have you noticed anything that's changed in um, the relationship between husbands and wives that the couple counseling in those 35 years from when you first began to, to today? That's a great question. <clears throat> Our culture has changed greatly mm -hmm. in those 35 years, and uh, it would be difficult to say specifically how but it's getting harder to counsel people. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great deal more independence in people, uh, willfulness in mm -hmm. people, and uh, issues are much the same. It's interesting, when someone comes for counseling, they have their presenting issues, and 95% of the time, that's not what we end up counseling. Interesting. It's, it's Hebrews 12:15 says, don't let any bitter root spring forth, hurting you mm -hmm. and defiling those around you. And it, it's the Lord's giving us this opportunity to say, you have some say in how you're going to live your life. And I help people that I'm, I'm a midwife, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that most of our behaviors today are determined by rooted issues in our life. Mm -hmm. A bitter root is a sinful response to a perceived hurt or wound. Yeah. And so that's what we're seeking out. What Again, we'll get to this book in a moment, but it's interesting you bring that up. It's... Um, I was reading an article uh, on Kirk Douglas and how oh. his, his death and how 
when he was a boy growing up in Amsterdam, New York, which is uh, an upper state New York, I think it's still within the um, the New York Archdiocese. He was the son of, uh, I think he had four sisters. Uh, his parents were um, Russian Jew immigrants, and his dad, I think, drank and his... his um, he was a rag picker, which he said was the lowest in the rung of occupations in this town. And he was he was picked on because he was a Jewish kid, and yet he was smart and he went off to college. But I noticed in, in reading that article and in the reflection of his life, he refused to allow himself to pull the victim card. Mm-hmm. And we find today in our culture, there are those who, for the sake, are legitimate victims. They have been... Uh, unjustly attacked, but there's others who just pull the difficulties of life, pull the victim card, and I think it's probably in in keeping with what you're saying, the difficulty mm-hmm. of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very much so. Yeah. the The whole idea of, uh, especially with younger people today, there is an identity mm-hmm. of being a victim, and uh, one of the things I share, a perspective that I share uh, with people that I teach or counsel or minister to, is that uh, that what is it, I ask a question, what is it that we want as human beings more than anything? And I get a variety of answers, but I simplify it to say, we want to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And this is why you see uh, different varieties of identities. It's a powerful identity to be a victim. Mm-hmm. You get all kinds of attention. Yeah. And the reality is that that's fine. If someone comes in and says, I've been victimized, I, I want to hear their hearts, I want to see the wounding but to move on from it, yeah. to move on into healing and, and transformation. That's probably another okay. show. Let's get to the yeah. book. Okay. Uh, Can I share one other sure, thing? Sure, sure. Uh, part of my development, I've been married for 30 years, mm-hmm. and this is so significant. I kidded the other night. I'm actually teaching at a, a local church, a 10-week, 11, 11-week course on counseling. And I stood up one day and I said, uh, I want to, uh, I'm hoping that some pastor invites me to the church and pays me a lot of money and asked me to talk about my son. We adopted a little boy who was only 20 hours old, mm-hmm. and he's he grew up to be a, a fine young man with many special needs. And boy, does that change your life. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a, it's a ministry, but I wouldn't change a hair on his head. And it's been a, a big part of, of what the Lord has done in my life. Mm-hmm. That's part of my development. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, tell us about what, um, what made you write the book? Oh my. Uh, wanting to get the message out mm-hmm. to more than one or two people at a mm-hmm. time. And I can I can reach out to uh, pastors, priests, uh, and say, hey, have me come and, and teach at your mm-hmm. church. I've traveled all around the world, really. We spent months in Europe, uh, Mexico, Canada, a lot of places. And uh, I thought, what be a better way to get the message out? Mm-hmm. My wife asked me, who's your audience? I said, the world. Mm-hmm. She said, could you pare it down a little bit? So I said, okay, Christians. It's decidedly a book. As a matter of fact, on Amazon, the worst critique I got was, it has too much religion in it. And so I thought that well, was you accomplished your was, purpose. Yeah. Exactly. That was great. So I set out to write, and I had a writer's block for years and never wrote anything. My wife did most of my writing for me, lessons and stuff like that. And... I found that uh, took me almost five years to write a book of 128 pages, hmm. but it I had I had people all around the world help me. We we self published. Uh, a woman in Canada, a beautiful Christian woman, uh, designed the cover. 
uh, just people all around the country that helped us. And this book is in Spanish. It's in Spanish. I have a Spanish version with me. Yeah. Yes. We just did that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of Spanish speaking in the area. I teach in, or I've I've taught in Mexico, have a young man down there uh, who is now handling the book for me. Mm -hmm. He translated it. And when was the book published? Uh, 2013, mm-hmm. 14 actually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And in um, in that time, have people come up to you and say, "This book has changed my life. Oh. It's it's assisted me. I've, I've finally be able to put it behind me." Tell me, give us a story before we take a break. Okay. Uh, someone's just, come up to you. Really, it's just when so, I get notes, I get emails, I get letters, and people say, "I just want to thank you so much for what you've shared through the book and your teachings," and it is so heartwarming. And, and humbling to believe that the Lord has used me to share these principles. They're all in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all there. But to to amplify it in such a way that people will listen. That's And that's why I'm doing this with you. That's why I, I, I want to do the, the retreat at St. Mary's. Yeah, We're going to take a break. And again, uh, I'm talking with Charlie Fink, who's written a book, As We Forgive Those, How to Forgive Others, Ourselves, and God. And um, Charlie will be at St. Mary's in the Valley this Sunday, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, and he'll be there Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, beginning Sunday at 7 p.m. It's a great way, as I mentioned, to enter into the season of Lent, which is about renewal, and part of renewal always involves healing that comes from forgiveness. Those words of Jesus that we have in our We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Back to the Bishop and Vickers. The Vickers are away at this time, but I have with me a special guest, uh, Charlie Fink, who's written a book, As We Forgive Those. At the break, Charlie was telling me that there was a prayer that he had come across written by a priest, and uh, it was a beautiful prayer, but a little lengthy. So tell me, Charlie, about that and what what you use as a prayer, which became um, the basis somewhat of the book and, and an assistance to you. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> when I was teaching on forgiving, as a matter of fact, I'll give a little idea of, of how the prayer came about. Uh, I was teaching up in, uh, my wife and I were doing a marriage seminar up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I remember it was 25 years ago because we had our son and he was just an infant at the time. And I taught this whole class on forgiving. And a young man came up to me and he said, do you have a prayer of forgiving? I said, no, we, we have a prayer asking God to help us forgive. So he said, okay, and I didn't think anything of it. And he came back the next day, and he handed this little piece of red, heavy paper. And on it was the prayer that is the basis for this book. And I said to him, where did you get this? He said, I took the recording of your talk last night and picked out six main points, and that's Hmm. the prayer. And I thought, what a beautiful collaboration. I don't know that I would have felt competent or blessed enough to write a prayer, Mm -hmm. but uh, he did. And I don't know that he could have done the talk. Hmm. And so I saw this beautiful collaboration. And the prayer is simple. It's six main points. Um, it, uh, I had done, once I decided to write the book, I did some research and, and did a lot of research. And there's lots of different perspectives on forgiving. There's a lot of perspectives on forgiveness, which is what the Lord has done for us. But I wanted this to be specifically something that we did in relation to the gift of what Christ did on the cross. 
And so uh, I, I took this prayer and it sat there for years and I used it in my ministry and I thought, this is a way to get this message out. And I'll share the prayer, it's simple. Uh, Lord, I give you permission to, Lord, I forgive and you fill in the blank. I give you permission to take the judgment and bitterness out of my heart. I don't want it there and I pray that you heal me, that you uh, forgive me and I choose not to hold these things against uh, the person who sinned or trespassed against me. And I give up my right to be paid back for my loss. Um, in so doing, I declare you as the righteous judge. Father God, bless them in every way. Mm. It has six main parts that are filled with scripture and theology behind it, uh, but it's so simple. And when people are willing to do it and mean it, it changes their lives. Why is uh, forgiveness so difficult? That's the first couple chapters of the book because we do so many things instead of forgiving, believing that it's forgiving. Mm -hmm. um, an example would be I counseled a, a young man who came in and explained to me how terribly abusive his father was, alcohol, all of it. And uh, he, I said to him, at some point, have you forgiven your dad? He said, oh yes, oh, of course I have. I said, well, what did you do? He said, you see, I understand. And I said, what do you mean? Well, my grandfather, my dad's father, was also an alcoholic and, and was abusive. So my dad just basically did what he was taught. And I thought, well, that's good. And I said to him, that's good to understand, but that's not forgiving. Mm -hmm. And he didn't like hearing that. Forgiving is simple. It's just not easy. Mm -hmm. That's another reason I wrote the book. So that would be one of the things that I talk about. People don't like reliving or, or re remembering experiences that were painful. Denial is a very effective tool. Um, there's uh, we we another thing that people just don't want to believe that when they forgive, they're not accepting what happened to them. They're not they're not saying uh, in the prayer. We're not saying that what you did was okay. What we're saying is that it was not okay. There's no reason to forgive unless there was a perceived hurt or wound. But uh, but I'm going to forgive you. It's an act of sacrifice. Sometimes, I, uh, you know, as a priest, uh, still as a bishop now, hearing uh, confessions, there are individuals who um, sometimes find it difficult to forgive because there seems to be confusion with to be reconciled. And I mm -hmm. tell them that Jesus said to forgive 70 times 7. Forgiveness takes one person, the person who has been hurt, but reconciliation involves two people, and sometimes that reconciliation never occurs. But Jesus didn't say be reconciled 70 times no. 70. He said be forgiven. Tell us a little bit about that experience of reconciliation okay. and, and forgiveness or forgiving. Yes. We're, um, one of the things I talk about in the second chapter is what makes uh, forgiving a blessing. You had asked me that during the break. And uh, one of the things is that it uh, teaches us to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is our goal, to live like Jesus did. And he forgave us. To do that, one of the things that is uh, uh, truly a blessing of forgiving is that we become more like Christ. We identify with him. The idea of what, uh, again, what makes it so very difficult is uh, it's hard to do. It's just hard to do. And my job is to gently reveal a, a, a way of getting into our own minds and hearts in that relationship with the Lord to forgive. Uh, again, uh, evangelizing the heart of, an, an, of a believer that 
I, I don't think I've truly had 10 people in 35 years of counseling that truly knew how to forgive. Now, I can't question a person's heart. I see the manifestations mm -hmm. of that through their behavior. But if somebody truly believes they have, then that's between them and the Lord. This prayer in the book makes it easier mm -hmm. to establish that relationship with the Lord through forgiving. Do you um, find that uh, sometimes people are reluctant to forgive because they feel that if I forgive, um, I'm letting them off the hook too easily. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm agreeing with what they're doing. They may come back and do it to me again. Mm -hmm. some, what are some of the, the, the uh, challenges that you have heard when you're working with people? Now, obviously, when they come to talk to you or they've heard you, they're already making a step in the right direction. Yes. But it's now going even further. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Good point. Uh, the whole idea of forgiving is to is to enhance that relationship with the Lord. As a matter of fact, when um, the only time to forgive is when we perceive a hurt or a wound, mm -hmm. uh, even before it becomes a sin through judgment, resentment, and bitterness, and uh, that it, that in and of itself is a value. That if I turn to the Lord every time I'm hurt or wounded, I'm going to be in contact with Him a lot. Mm -hmm. I really am. What people find difficulties, but do I have to get back into that relationship? Mm -hmm. And I say, uh, it depends. If you're married, uh, do everything you can mm -hmm. to to uh, get back into that relationship, to enhance that relationship. But if there's been a whole variety of very difficult sins, uh, sexual abuse especially, mm -hmm. uh, very difficult to get back into a relationship like that. So can I forgive and still uh, give up my right to pay back and even bless that person. Yes. Mm. See, yes. I think Charlie, you're bringing up a, a, a insight that is not often heard uh, in many circles. That um, <clears throat> you know, first of all, you're you're doing it really as the Lord has asked us to. And uh, I mean, we say that in the Our Father all the time. And you have very good. Uh, you know, our audience is primarily a Catholic Christian audience that um, that still struggle. To, to yes. do this, what have you found um, have been the blessings? I mean, you must know a number of stories where people have come, they've listened, they've read the, read the book, they've spoken to you, and maybe in counseling situation, and they've actually done what is necessary. Yeah. Tell me something. To, tell us our audience about uh, the examples or people stories. One of the uh, one of the parts of the chapters, <clears throat> I talk about what are the blessings? What is it that happens? And the it, this is uh why why do we forgive uh is the chapter heading and i start unfortunately with the nuclear option and that is that the lord says after the lord's prayer in matthew that uh, if you forgive others their trespasses i'll forgive you if you don't forgive others their trespasses i won't forgive you this is so hard for people to hear and so part of it is a recognition that they're changing the environment they're in by being in a deeper relationship with the lord i so depend on what the Lord can do in our lives. My job is to help people connect to that. I don't give advice. I, I, I share it. I think to some, it might sound like advice, mm -hmm. but they're principles, they're scriptural principles in relationship with the Lord and others. And so my belief is, and I've seen it borne out, that when people make a decision to forgive, they're, they're dismantling this wall that surrounds them, their spirit, their their soul. They're dismantling these bricks mm -hmm. made up of sin. And what that does is it opens them up to a greater relationship with the Lord and hopefully a greater relationship with the person who has 
hurt them. I think a lot of times those uh, who are outside religious circles or Christian circles for that matter do not see the connection that um, when they're forgiving others, it in fact leads to a deeper, stronger relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And yet the motive um, for this forgiveness, the motive that really is most important is that we're doing as Jesus has asked us to do. Yes. And um, that's, that's a crucial distinction. And I think it probably, uh, again, as our society or our culture or some of those couples, younger people come in to see you, um, who are part of the nuns, that is, without religion, one of the consequences of that is the um, greater difficulty perhaps there is to forgive. And then yes. there's increasingly woundedness in their life, and it probably feeds into this notion of people playing the victim card exactly. in so many ways. And yeah. they wonder <clears throat> why life isn't going well with them. Mm -hmm. That's generally the entering argument. This isn't going well. My relationship with my mate isn't going well. Mm -hmm. All of those types of things. And so is there a spiritual solution? Yes, mm -hmm. but it's also so practical. Yeah. We hear about it all the time. I see it on the news. I see it in homilies all the time about forgiving. And, and, but I don't believe it can happen in our own strength. The prayer is a collaboration. Mm -hmm. The Lord does some of it, I do some of it. It's, it's a relationship. And when you, we remember that in, in Genesis, um, Adam and Eve were walking around with Jesus in the garden. How neat that would be. I mean, it, it, he wants relationship from us. And this is, I believe, a primary way of, of creating a deeper relationship with the Lord. So you've written the book, and you're going to be uh, in one of our parishes of St. Mary's. Um, what are your future plans uh, to continue? Obviously, you have the plane, you can fly, but I mean... Um, what do you see as the next step you might do to, to get this message out um, at a time when it's so need necessary? We're doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not a good marketer. Even when I talk about the book, it's hard for me to say my book mm -hmm. because it, it, I put it together, but it's just filled with the Lord's word. Uh, looking at two more venues, looking to marketing, I actually would like to start a something like we're doing here um, uh, during the week, uh, sharing some of the principles that I've seen over uh, mm -hmm. through the years on counseling and forgiving specifically. I actually, I'm, I'm very hesitant to say this to more than one individual. I've been working on another book. Um, the minute you say that, people say, well, how's the book going? Mm -hmm. How's the book going? And, and I... <laughs> That's tough. I mean, it took me five years to write this book um, on the difference between knowledge and belief. Mm -hmm. And that we, uh, I, I talk a little bit about it in, in the book on As We Forgive Those, of uh, to know something does not necessarily mean we live by it. We live by what we believe, and people believe an awful lot of untruths about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so. Well, Charlie, we'll have to wait for that next book okay. to come out, maybe five more <laughs> yeah. years. Again, I thank uh, Charlie Fink for joining me, and his book is As We Forgive Those, How to Forgive Others, Ourselves, and God. And uh, he will be at uh, St. Mary's uh, the Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday before Ash Wednesday 2020. But for those of you who listen to this uh, on other times, that book is available. Thank you, Charlie. God bless. Bishop, thank you so much. Thank you.